Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor of Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. I have read about it. I have even studied it. I've taught it. And I've counseled it. But finding peace in the storm, now I'm living it. Debbie and I are living it. And you know what we're finding? Jesus is enough. He is. He was there before we knew about the tragedy. He was there during the tragedy, and He's been with us every second. We feel His presence in our lives. Several weeks ago, the Lord placed on my heart to do a study of the book of Nehemiah. At the moment, I did not know how much Debbie and I would uh, need to know about rebuilding and starting over on so many different levels. Anyone familiar with the book knows that the story surrounds the rebuilding of both the broken down walls of Jerusalem as well as the broken hearts of God's people. The Lord often uses that which is physical to speak to that which is spiritual. Little did we know at the time of this decision that Debbie and I would be starting over on several levels after the tragic death of our 35-year-old daughter, daughter Krista Joy. It's been said that adversity does not make character, it only reveals it. But I would disagree with that. I believe it it both builds and reveals character in one's life. Adversity can be a great vehicle to build your faith, but only if you choose to allow God to do the driving. And in many ways, Debbie and I are starting over after a grievous loss of our eldest child, and we will be starting over as parents, Lord willing, to our three grandchildren that have been suddenly orphaned in the tragic events that led up to this. And while we had moments of being overwhelmed by this news, we are confident and comforted that along with God's grace and mercy, our forever family right here at RCC will play a significant role in helping us to love and raise these youngsters back to health. I'm confident that if I took a poll today that I'm not alone in here. That if we had a a show of hands that you wouldn't be able to see the screens when I asked how many people have gone through a life-changing event that required them to start over. I know I'm among good company here this morning. The event may may be caused by a tragic death like Debbie and I are going through. It might be the loss of a long-time job that you've had. The end of an intimate relationship, perhaps. Even a divorce. A financial crisis that has significantly changed how you live? A challenging diagnosis of a doctor? Or any number of other life-altering events that are out there right now? And at the end of the day, the question always comes back to this. How do I start over? These events are often accompanied with phrases like, My life will never be the same. Or my life is over. And, so, and we sometimes wonder how or if we'll ever find a way to rebuild our lives again to one of joy, significance, and purpose. You've probably heard Zig Ziglar's famous quote that goes, 
Although no one can go back and make a brand new start, anyone can start from now and make a brand new ending. And boy, isn't that true. We serve a God that wants to give you a brand new ending to whatever happens. And that's a cool little quote, but how does one actually do it? How do we start over? I will tell you up front that there are two men who have uh, at least partially influenced this series. My mentor, my friend, uh, I call him my spiritual father. His name is Dr. David Jeremiah. Um, He wrote a book called Reset that uh, I've marked up and just absolutely love on the book of Nehemiah. And a wonderful Christian writer by the name of O.S. Hawkins, who I've read for years and, and got to meet several times and talk with. And at least some of what I've learned about handling crisis in my life, I've learned from these two men along with many others along the way and along with practical experience. As we enter into the story of Nehemiah, we must first go back to 608 B.C. to understand the context that we are going to be studying for these next few months here and the events that happened uh, in this case. And about 70 years prior to the events of this book, Uh, The Israelites have been repeatedly warned by God to return to Him wholly with their hearts. He had given them several warnings through His prophets and even described the coming judgment if they would refuse to listen and obey. These warnings fell largely on deaf ears as the rulers and the people uh, went on to intermarry with the foreign people that surrounded them even after God told them not to. And these intermarriages brought in foreign gods from foreign nations, and they began to worship foreign idols in their homes. Even after God had done all that He had done to give them the promised land, even though He had provided everything they needed, the people turned away and sought after something else. These practices further separated the divided kingdom which was now broken into two kingdoms now in Israel, called the Northern Kingdom, which is made up of ten tribes, and the Southern Kingdom, which is uh, referred to as Judah. And it pushed them further and further away from God. And God finally had enough of their rebellion. And like any good father does, their heavenly father disciplined his children in order to bring them back into obedience, in order to bring them back to a place where he could once again bless them. Listen, God disciplines those who He loves in order to produce wisdom and blessings in their lives. When God disciplines us, He grows us. It's actually a growing part of our lives. I don't know about you, but my biggest steps forward in my faith have not come when life is easy. They've always come when life is difficult and I'm going through a trial or a tribulation or a storm. That's when you really grab hold of God and go, what do you want me to know from this? How do I get through this? This is when we pray without ceasing. Proverbs 3, 11, 18 tells us this, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke because the Lord disciplines those He loves as a father, the son He delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom those who gain understanding. For she, wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare to her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life, 
to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. It's interesting to note that uh, unsaved people usually think that we Christians somehow you know, have it all together and that you know, difficulties don't come our ways when in fact they do. But it's the strong believer, it's the faithful one that walks through them understanding that God is there beside them to take them through. You know, we may not understand all the questions and we've got lots of them, but I tell you this, I don't question God's sovereignty and I don't question His love for me. And because the Lord disciplines those He loves, God used the powerful nation of Babylon here, uh, ruled by the wicked king, King Nebuchadnezzar, to bring discipline to His children the Jews. And this wicked king, along with the armies, were, were allowed to sweep into Israel several times over uh, the period of 18 years. Uh, he killed hundreds of thousands of Jews. He destroyed the temple, David's temple, Solomon's temple, and the surrounding city walls and the gates of Jerusalem. And he enslaved thousands of people as he took captives back to Babylon. This is the story of Daniel. It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and so many others. Ezra, Esther. There's so many stories about what took place during the Babylonian captivity. And while this all sounds harsh, God revealed to them that this discipline, this Babylonian enslavement, would last 70 years, and then they would be allowed to return to their country in Israel. Let me just get this out of the way and, and, and get something straight here with you this morning. Not every storm of life is brought on by our wrongdoing. I would say that the vast majority of our troubles come from simply living in a fallen world and rubbing elbows with fallen people. You know, everybody wants to, uh, well, lots of people want to blame the person. Well, you know, what sin did he commit? Well, in the Bible, the, the disciples even asked this. Was it the sin of the father or the grandfather that, that why this man is blind? And Jesus said, neither. It's so that I could be glorified. And let me tell you, the same is true in this tragedy that Debbie and I are going through, and the same is true probably in your, tra in your tragedy. Whatever tra tragedy you're going through, whatever storm you're going through, whatever tribulation you can name, God is there and He wants to bring good out of the mess that you're finding yourself in. God never wastes a single opportunity to grow us. Listen, I don't know what crisis that you're battling today, whether self-inflicted or, or worldly inflicted. Let me encourage you that if you'll surrender yourself to God and His purpose for your pain, He will in His timing return you to the joy of your salvation and bring glory to Himself as He brings meaning, purpose, and peace to your life. God never wastes a single tear. Not one. We tend to think that the word discipline is a negative context only, but the word has a much broader meaning than that. We always think of the little piece of the meaning of it's bad, but there's a much greater context to it. Discipline is this, and I got this from uh, dictionary.com, training to act in accordance with rules. Drill, as in military discipline. It's activity, exercise, or a regimen that develops or improves a skill. It's training. Punishment inflicted by the way of correction and training. That's all we ever think of. The rigor of training in effect of, of experience and adversity, etc. 
Well, King David knew God's discipline and wrote about it in Psalm 30. And he wrote this, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. O Lord, you brought, me, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. For His anger, His, His discipline, is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now skip down to verse 11. You have turned for me my mourning my grieving, into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to You and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to You forever. Listen, my friends, we'll all go through the refiner's fire at some point in our lives. But it's the fire that creates in us the purpose for which God has created us for. We all go through difficult times. Times of weeping, times of mourning and sorrow. At times through our own poor choices and at times due to the natural cause and effects of living in a fallen world. But obedience to God brings about joy and meaning that we'll never know apart from experiencing God's goodness and His faithfulness through these storms of life. Can I get an amen to that? In God we have hope, so we do not despair. Do not give up or do not give in. You hold tight to the promises of God. How do you start over? Well, God has left us the perfect manual for it. You stay in the Word and you cling to it. God uses His Word to bring glory to Himself and prepare us for the next area of service He has for us. Wait on God and He will come through. I can promise you that. When Debbie and I received the call that no parent ever wants to receive in their life, when the words, Krista Joy has died tonight, hit our ears and made, it way, made its way down to our hearts, I tell you what, we cried and we clung to one another. That was hard. That was hard. But God understands. He knows. He created us in His own image. He understands that we're frail. He understands that we're emotional. He understands that we grieve for, for our loved ones. But then we turn to the Lord and we begin to cry out to Him. It was then that the disciples' words hit me with great passion for the first time. Jesus had just preached some very hard truth to the multitudes that had followed Him. These multitudes uh, were uh, at times three, 400 people. He got to be so famous for doing miracles that many people just came to watch Him. They wanted to see what the next miracle would be. They weren't there for the ministry. They didn't want Jesus. They just wanted to watch the show. And so Jesus, understanding their hearts, gave them some real truth. He was going <laughs> to separate the sheep from the goats right there. And he gave this really harsh rebuke to them. And it says many, many of them turned around and left and they followed Jesus no more. 
The disciples were also rocked by his teaching in John 6. And Jesus turned to them and he says to them, Do you also want to leave me? And in verse 68, Simon Peter responds to Jesus saying this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words to eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. What you just said is really hard. But Jesus, where else are we going to go? You have the words of life. Do you need the words of life this morning? I would hope that all of us do. I got to tell you, Debbie and I still have a lot of unanswered questions, but we still know that God is in control. That hasn't changed. When I say that nothing's changed, what I mean is nothing in God's Word has changed. His promises are true. Just as true as before we got the bad news. God is still in control. God still loves us. So we will not lose heart. We're going to take courage. We're going to wait on the Lord's timing and trust Him that in time we will see good come from this heartache. He's promised to do that. And we're praying that in our prayers to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. If you love God and you're called to according to His purpose, He will take any tragedy and turn it into a triumph. God has been so close to us during this time of crisis. We've both said we feel His strength and His presence. We still believe. We still trust God. David knew this Better than most, when he wrote Psalm 27, he cried out to the Lord. His enemies were chasing him down. It looked like he was going to be slain. It looked like there's no way out. And then God provided a miracle for him just when he needed it. David wrote these words later on as a song. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Again I say, wait on the Lord. You see, in our fragile hearts and lives, we just, we just want this to be over. We want to push the easy button and, and move on. But David says, no, no, no. Good things take time. Don't count God out because it's been months or even years since your tragedy or your trial began. Don't count God out. In His time, He will come through. Are you going through a trial right now? Wait on the Lord. Is your heart broken today? Be patient. Look for God's comfort and wait for Him to come through. He will. Are you grieving over someone or something that's happened? At just the right moment, I can tell you this, God will lift you up. If you don't lose heart, if you walk in faith and that you trust Him, God will break through the darkness with the light of His hope, His love, and His power. So strengthen your heart, have faith, and He will see you through your darkest hours. After the Israelites had spent 70 years in captivity, apart from their beloved promised land, God opened up a door in the reigning king's heart which allowed them to go back into the promised land. Ezra took a group of of, uh, of people back there, families. But there was a problem they faced immediately. 
the Jews went back to Jerusalem and became overwhelmed with the enormous scale of the reconstruction work that needed to be done there in Jerusalem. All they could see were the enormous piles of stones. All they could see was the burned out gates. How are we going to ever put this back together? And they sat down and they lamented. They started to cry. This isn't going to work. Their eyes became fixed on the problem so much so that they couldn't see God's provision in the middle of it. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're watching us online and you're, you're thinking, God can't fix what's happened to me, Pastor. You don't know the level of grief. You don't know what's happened to me. But let me tell you something. God has an answer for you. And if you'll wait on the Lord and if you'll follow Him and, and allow Him to comfort you, if you'll allow Him to speak into your life, He'll t- take you where you always wanted to go and didn't even know it. All they could see was this, was this enormous failure and work in front of them. Listen, do you have a mountain in front of you right now that you just can't ever see getting over around? Turn your panic into prayers. Keep your mind in the Bible. And stay ready to move out because God will eventually move your mountain or teach you to climb. And you've got to be ready to move. God has told us what to do when we don't know what to do. And this book of Nehemiah is a, a tremendous testimony of that. The people don't know how to move forward. And God calls up a man. He raises up a man by the name of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah knows how to move forward. He's got the Spirit of the Lord in him. He goes back to to Israel and he sees all the people. And he goes, what are you doing? Hey, let's get together. He's a a team builder. You're going to see that. He knows the Lord's Word. He trusts the Lord's Word. And he knows God's in this. And he says, come on, folks. Stand up. Let's get going. More on that in the weeks to come. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 tells us this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, in the good ways that you get to walk, the easy roads that you're on, and in those moments when you're crying out to the Lord in pain, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Listen, we don't know which way to go. Oftentimes, let me tell you, even your pastor doesn't know which way to go. I don't know which way to go in this. I just know one way, and that's to stay behind the Lord. He's going to take us through this in a way that I can't explain right now, but I guarantee you that in a year or two, I'm going to be telling you stories that we learned from this, this moment, this grief. I can guarantee that. When trouble comes, and they will for all, it will for all of us, remember to keep your focus on God so you don't get overwhelmed with fear and grief. And so you don't miss out on a single blessing. You don't miss out on a single um, grace or mercy that comes by. And there's been lots of them so far. After a tragedy strikes, we often get caught up in asking God why. Why did God allow this tragedy to happen? God, why did you allow our daughter to die? I don't understand that. Lord, we prayed for her. We were praying for her for so long. We prayed for her. 
Why did you allow this person to get cancer or, or, or me to get cancer? Or, you know, why did you allow the person to lose their job and their financial security? Why did my spouse hurt me so badly? Why? 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 That's what we ask. After the tragic death of his son Christopher in a car crash, Pastor Greg Laurie struggled with this question himself. In an interview, Greg said this, Restored for Life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit RestoredCommunityChurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to His Word.